millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a special Tuesday night edition of Red Pill News. We're going live tonight so that I can be joined by my good friend Jake Lang, the January 6th detainee. He's got a new video and a new book that's coming out. We might be premiering the video tonight, watching it together. Not certain, though. It's difficult to get in touch with Jay because, you know, obviously he's in prison. Um, also, big news. After Christmas, before New Year's, the Ruby Freeman tapes came out. I've been meaning to talk about it for the last couple of days. Ran out of time today on Occam's Razor. And President Trump shared a couple of very key points from the recordings. We're going to go over the documentation of Ruby Freeman's statements in the wake of the 2020 election in Georgia. Ruby Freeman essentially implicates all of the key players in a vast and grand conspiracy to steal the election. Exactly what we thought happened. Do me a favor, if you are watching on Rumble, please hit that plus sign. Give me a Rumble. It helps out the channel and it helps out the video. If you're over there on the Foxhole, drop a red pill. If you're watching on Odyssey, hit the fire sign. All different ways you can show that you like this video. In the meantime, do me a favor, sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn, because you and I, my friends, will be right back after this. All right, good evening and welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We're waiting for Jake to jump on the line tonight. Uh, But while we're waiting, I actually have a a very interesting video clip that I wanted to play for you. Uh, You know, we we talk often about the sudden and unexpected deaths of young people, uh, people dying from reasons that they shouldn't be dying. Uh, And one such death uh, was kind of ironic recently. It was this gentleman right here. Hold on. Why doesn't that work? Okay, so we'll do it this way. 
Uh, this is a, a family doctor who lived down in Australia, and uh, he was famous in Australia for creating a 12 and under vaccine clinic for COVID-19, the clot shot. He was specifically focusing on vaccinating the people in the society that needed it the least. And as a result, uh, there were a couple of little girls who had a very tragic reaction to it. It was reported that uh, they convulsed and uh, they had a grand mal seizure as soon as they were given the vaccines. And then it was even rumored that they died. Now, the doctor disputed that. He even went on the local news and he created a sob story. So take a look at this video. Absolutely. Pines GP is tonight at the center of a social media storm on the receiving end of a vile campaign of abuse and death threats because of misinformation on social media. Why isn't it working? Uh, Pacific Pines GP is tonight at the center of a social right, media storm. Let me storm. refresh it real quick because I had it pulled up from earlier. There we go. Okay. Chinese doctor in Australia. A Pacific Pines GP is tonight at the center of a social media storm on the receiving end of a vile campaign of abuse and death threats because of misinformation on social media. He's dedicated his life to helping his community, today reduced to tears by online trolls. It's not easy. Dr. Chin runs the vaccine clinic at Med Centers Pacific Pines. He says on Monday morning, two young girls fainted after getting the Pfizer vaccine. A second-hand account posted on Facebook has since gone viral, claiming the girls' hands and face suddenly tightened, neck muscles were straining, and they started convulsing uncontrollably, the nurse screaming for Dr. Wilson Chin to do something. This is not an adverse reaction to the vaccine. Uh, it was just simply a vasovagal episode or a fainting episode, just like a... Totally normal, totally normal reaction for anybody getting any type of vaccine. Has nothing to do with the fact that it's a clot shot. A man would have... The doctor says the girls are fine. The same can't be said for him. Singled out and now the subject of a relentless campaign of abuse, forcing the clinic to opt out of the under-12 vaccination program. The death threats and the, the threats from those out there are just not worth us um, you know, jeopardising the safety of our staff. The threats and intimidation have been so bad, the practice has reported them to the police, and they aren't the only targets of the online abuse. So, as you can see, the good doctor was worried about being bullied. I don't even know what those threats were. None of those threats were ever made public. All we have is his word. And now that word has gone with him to the grave uh, because he himself has now become among those who have died suddenly and unexpectedly. Uh, and what did his death say? Well, uh, excuse me, what did his doctor say? His doctor said uh, that basically he should not have died at that early age, uh, that this is uh, something that was unexpected and not age appropriate uh, and what does that line up with? Well, that lines up with the, the deaths that we see people uh, having from COVID-19. Here is Jake. Bring Jake in right now. Edward Lang. This call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. 
to accept this call, press 5. To block this call, you may begin speaking now. Jake, are you there? Hey, I, yes, brother. How you doing, man? Good to hear from you. I'm doing great. Good to hear from you. Excellent. Uh, so, how was your holiday, Jake? Are you holding up? I'm, I'm doing great. God's bless me with uh, the spirit. My pregnant sister and her new husband and uh, my father and mother all came and saw me for Hanukkah and Christmas. So that's beautiful. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear it, man. Glad to hear it. Uh, family's important, obviously, and, and with the situation you're in, I would imagine it's it's even more important. Um I think yeah. that I think I think the powers that be might be messing with the phone a little bit for us because I'm getting a. Uh, I was about to. Yeah. Say that. Yeah. There's an echo coming. Is that on your side too? I'm not hearing the echo, but I'm hearing a buzzing that's coming through that normally isn't there. But it's okay. We'll we'll work through it. We'll work through it. And uh, hello to anyone in Washington D.C. that might be listening. Uh, so. Jake, you had told me that you've got a uh, a new documentary coming out, and you've also got a new book. What can you tell me about those? Yeah, man, we're so excited. My team has worked so hard on these things for months and months. I've been working hard on the book for two years. God's just really given me so much ability to do things from the prison cell because there's so many great Christians and patriots on the outside yeah. that support us. So my question is, uh, how is it that you that you're working on the documentary? Are like, are you are you sketching out scenes? Are you sending it off, and then you've got people on the outside that are actually putting it together? Are, are you able to send them video clips, or uh, are you able to get video from inside the prison and get it out? Well, so for the documentary, uh, it's launching tomorrow. We're trying to push hard for tomorrow. My team is bogged down because they keep on telling them to add so much stuff. But it'll be launched on Gateway Pundit either tomorrow or the day after, guaranteed. Okay. okay. And that's called Freedom Isn't Free, the first battle of the second American Revolution, January 6th. And so this premise of this documentary is a very hardcore patriot documentary. Uh, it does has a lot of, like, Founding Fathers quotes in it, a lot of the, like, heroic images of Jan Sixers defending their country, a lot of uh, bloody battle scenes from uh, the Capitol. And it, it's it's a four-part documentary about, you know, first we're painting the picture of dystopia in America with the lockdowns, with our tyrannical government taking away our gun rights and, um, you know, all these drag queens story hours and just the degradation of America. Then you see the Jan Six Patriots take the forefront and, we start to fight for our country's soul. And after that, uh, we start to compare America's downfall to some communist countries. Some people that have escaped communism um, are commenting on how they see America going the same way. And then the fourth part of the documentary uh, shows what could be when we come together peacefully and we have our Second Amendment rights strapped onto our back, like the... Um, protests they did in uh, West Virginia when they tried passing the red flag gun laws. Mm -hmm. So the complete picture of the documentary really is supposed to inspire people to godly patriotic actions, to stand against tyranny, and to show that, you know, what sacrifice the Jan Sixers have already made for this country, and to inspire people to take the same actions and to fight for the soul of this country. Amen. You know, I, I constantly try to remind people when I hear people 
complaining about how we haven't we haven't defeated the deep state yet, how we haven't taken back America. You know, uh, this is a multi-generational war. And if you think you here on the outside have it tough now, then think about those guys who have been locked up in solitary confinement for years now at this point. You know, think about somebody like Jake Lang, who, despite the worst possible situation you most people would find themselves in, you still have the optimism, you still have the hope, you still have the faith that things are going to work out and that America is going to be able to come together. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I attribute all of that to God. We have a Savior in Christ Jesus that can take a situation as bad as mine and create beauty out of it. He can take tyranny and give us freedom. He did that on the cross. And so I lean into Jesus, and I know that he will give us freedom because those who are in Christ are free indeed. Absolutely. 100 percent. Listen, Jake, is there anybody else in the documentary that we might recognize? Uh, Are are there any other J6 Patriots? Uh, Anybody out there in conservative media? Tons of Patriots repairing um, battle wounded people on the steps of the Capitol. It's hard for me to tell you exactly what's in the documentary because I don't know. I haven't seen it. I just give the directions uh, to my great video production team. Uh, one of them is a Jan Sixer himself, uh, another uh, one of my high school friends, and she's a patriot. And so I kind of give the outline and what I want, and then it comes out. Like our last documentary, The Truth About January 6th, which got over a million views on Rumble, mm-hmm. the number one uh, video viewed video ever on Rumble. And so, you know, I just give what I want, and they make their creative genius happen. So there will be plenty of other Jan Sixers. Um, actually, a lot of the Founding Fathers quotes that you know and love are being read out by different Jan Sixers from all across the country and other um, you know, conservative talk show hosts and stuff like that. So we have a community effort on the video, and you definitely don't want to miss this. And at the end of the video, it's a plug to my new book, Patriot Prisoner, 24 Months as a Political Prisoner in America. And and how would you uh, uh, how would you frame that book, Jake? I mean, is it just your 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 daily experiences? Uh, I, I'm it, it, how how would you say that you put it together? I would call it a manifesto on liberty. Okay, it starts off talking about who I am, the situations and circumstances that I've come through in my life, my businesses, my background in New York City night. This call is from a federal prison my family background, then it goes into my political action, um, what I've done in my life politically, running for Congress in 2020 against AOC, and then it goes into the day of January 6th, and I give every gruesome detail of that day, what happened, what I saw, and then it goes into the the background that nobody knows about, what's happening inside these jails. Mm Mm-hmm the individual relationships I formed with other of the Jan 6 brothers, the prison guards, the entire story of that nobody's heard from inside these prison cells. And from there, it goes into what I think the country needs to do to move forward, to defeat tyranny. And it gives an outline and a map of what the steps we need to take as the new generation of founding fathers, the Jan Sixers mm-hmm. who fought against tyranny can do to bring the country back together and expel the wickedness and the tyrants from this great nation of ours. 
Awesome. Yeah, that, that's uh, obviously something that we need to do. Uh, listen, Jake, over here in the Rumble chat, Locust Honey 21 says, Jake, I've missed being able to talk to you and write you since you've been moved to Lewisburg. I love you so much, brother. We miss you so much in prayer uh, in prayer group. Love you, Cupcake. Do you know who that is? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I definitely know Kenny. She's a great patriot and an amazing sister in Christ. Good. We have uh, a support group that has come around us of Christians, of patriots, of conservatives. They write us letters. They donate to our legal funds. They, I mean, they just send us books. They pray for us on a daily basis. They're spiritual warriors, and they stand beside us shoulder to shoulder mm-hmm. in the spiritual realm, and they're doing this time, and they're sharing in this grace with us. Jake, is there anything that, that you need? Like, if the audience uh, is able to send you things, is, is there anything that you could use? Is, is there any materials that would be uh, of use to you? I'm so overly blessed with such a great support system. But here's what we do need from the audience. We have started the January 6th Legal Defense Fund, and we've hired now uh, attorneys for three different Jan Sixers that are fighters. They're going to all the way. They're going to trial, and they need attorneys. There's more of us that need attorneys. So go to j6legal.org. Give whatever God puts on your heart. Be generous if you can be. Um, give a monthly donation if you can, and help us sustain this fight. There's so many Jan Sixers that have these court-appointed liberal defenders out of Washington, D.C. They're swamp rats themselves, and they say things to us like, you guys were there that day to steal our vote. And so that's unfeasible. We can't go to a trial with an attorney that not has a, that doesn't have our best interests or mine. No. And so... We need patriotic attorneys, strong fighters. So go to j6legal.org, make your donations, and we will take 100% of those and funnel them directly to patriotic attorneys. Uh, so, Jake, you've also got the January 6th Truth Fund. What does that one cover if people donate to that one? Because that's listed in your uh, Rumble videos. Yeah, so the j6truth.org is a, a home base of all of our operations. Yeah. The documentaries come out on there, uh, my podcasts, different interviews I do and other Jan Sixers. So that fund was originally created to buy advertisements for the first documentary we did. Mm -hmm. We've advertised in Washington Times, Epic Times, Salem News, uh, Gateway Pundit. So we've spent a majority of that money all on advertisements. And the rest of it, I've now funneled into the J6 Legal Fund. Okay. Because the battle has moved to the courtroom. We're trying to win the public opinion because it's very important. But at the end of the day, these people need attorneys. No, it's it's the most important thing that I can possibly imagine. Uh, I mean, how how many attorneys are you able to 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 actually have on hand at this point? I mean, have you had many people come forward or is this like an ongoing search? It's. Oh, man, finding the patriotic attorneys that are willing to work for reasonable rates, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. These attorneys want hundreds of thousands of dollars just to represent a guy, a bus driver, a a roofer in the middle of the country who walked through the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And the money lust is so rife in this profession, but we do have a few select that have good hearts. 
and they want to fight, and they want to get justice for these Jan Sixers. So we- this call is from a federal prison. Oh, we've attached ourselves to them, and we're finding more. The search is on. Anybody that knows a good attorney, a federal criminal defense attorney that's got a heart and uh, wants to fight hard, send them our way. You can go to j6truth.org, and we have an uh, email little contact thing there, and you can sign up there. But we're doing our best to find them. And right now we have, out of 30 we've contacted and had serious conversations with, only about three of them have materialized into working in a reasonable price point. Okay. And that seem like they're going to fight. But every day we make calls and every day we do the right thing so that God will hopefully give us uh, a, a <laughs> more patriotic attorneys. <laughs> I mean, if, if there's we need them, man. If, if there's any silver lining to that, it's that you got it, it's taking so long. You know, and I know it's not just because you don't have enough attorneys, but the government is dragging this out as long as they possibly can. I mean, you know, you've been in there for two years now. That's correct. Seven hundred and fifteen days. Yeah. Yeah. More than uh, so. You know, it's just it's just dragging on and on and on. Uh, do you have any yep. upcoming court dates that have been set? Do you, do you have you know any end in sight to this? God for. God forbid, man, I'm going to be here for 30 months before I get my day of justice. Wow. So my trial is set for June 2023. Oh, God, another six months. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, you know, we're, we're making the moves that we need to to make sure that everybody's got the coverage, uh, the help and support, the commissary. There's a lot of different organizations out there that support us. Um, mine personally is for legal defense. But there's some other places like uh, the Prisoner's Record Telegram group chat that people can sign on to and uh, get involved. And there's all kinds of individual funds, like directly to the Patriots. You can give commissary funds. Um, And I definitely encourage that. Just whatever you can do, write letters, pray, donate, uh, write your congressman. This is what we need. We need people that are also involved on a spiritual level mm-hmm. and they need to support us because we stood up to defend everyone's rights. Yes. It's and true. we appreciate the support. We love it. Well, I, I appreciate everybody who has reached out, everybody who has donated up until this point. Uh, Jake, we're, we're almost at that 15 minute mark and we got cut off last time before yep. we could say goodbye. So I just want you to know, we love you, brother. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling in tonight. Thank you, Zach. You're a true patriot for giving me a platform. God bless you. Keep on tuning in to Zach's program. He's in the trenches here with us. Amen. Thank you so much, Jake. I appreciate it. Stay safe, brother. God bless. We'll see you. All right. Good stuff. Good to hear from Jake. I'm glad that he's in such good spirits. Um, I see that somebody out in the chat wanted to know uh, an update on the family that was in that accident. Yes, I, I do have an update. Let me just get it pulled up here in my messages okay so um all right so the father uh is doing really well physically uh he's walking with a walker and his mobility looks good uh he broke a couple of ribs but they are healing but he's in a lot of pain um pretty much he should be discharged very soon but uh, looks like he is going to have to do some inpatient rehab. So they're trying to find a place for him to go once he's discharged from the ICU. Um, obviously, 
you know, the the stress and the strain of everything that's happened to, you know, him personally, mentally, physically, to the children, um, to uh, uh, to the girlfriend of uh, of the young man. Um, it's it's weighing heavily on all of them. So um, hopefully he's going to be out uh, uh, soon enough. And um, it, it also looks like they have been able to secure health insurance, which is incredible for me. I can't even imagine uh, that an insurer would allow them to insure themselves after they've been in this horrible accident, but it's probably going to save them uh, quite a bit of money. Uh, the young man uh, who is in the car with his mother, um, he, he's, he's in a lot of pain. He's in a lot of pain and discomfort. His jaw was broken in three places. Uh, he's had two surgeries on his jaw, uh, and it's going to be wired shut for the next six to eight weeks. Uh, his left forearm was broken. It's in a cast. Uh, and he does have a bit of range of movement. Um, he, it was his right hand that was frostbitten and they had to completely debride the skin. That means they had to take all of the skin off of his hand because of how badly it was frozen. Initially, they thought they were going to have to amputate it. Now it looks like they are going to be able to save it. But the only question I have is uh, what about the skin that has to grow back, uh, on his hand? The, I don't know if he's going to have to get skin grafts or anything like that, um, this entire time when he's been under sedation, he's been on dialysis. Apparently, there was severe damage to his kidneys, uh, also to his liver and his spleen. So he's still on dialysis uh, and uh, looks like he's probably going to be coming off of that soon, depending on on how his uh, healing goes. Also, his pelvis was fractured in multiple places. Uh, so he's got a number of pins holding them, holding it together right now. And, and that's going to be there for three months while they wait for the bones to fuse back together. Uh, his left leg is unharmed, uh, but his right leg is partially paralyzed. So he's got some nerve damage somewhere uh, in his back between his leg and his back. Um, they don't know exactly where the paralysis is coming from, um, but he started to get movement back in his toes. So. Uh, that's, uh, that's definitely good. Um, and you know, he's going to be, he's going to be in the hospital for a long time. Um, still obviously in ICU, but he's going to have to transfer directly out into inpatient rehab. Um, one of the girls, uh, she is doing really well. Uh, she had some rib fractures and, uh, and the biggest thing appears to be facial and arm paralysis from nerve damage. Um, the right side of her face and her left arm are paralyzed, but she is walking. Uh, she's still swollen in the neck and face. Uh, doctors think that that may be contributing to the paralysis she's experiencing. Uh, and they're hoping that once her, 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 the swelling goes down, that the pressure is going to be taken off of her nerves and uh, her full range of motion is going to come back. She's obviously going to need outpatient rehab and physical therapy. Uh, and then there was uh, uh, one other young uh, woman, uh, one of the children. Uh, her only injury was a minor jaw fracture. So she is out of the hospital. So praise God on that one. Um, the mother is doing pretty well. She has a few rib and facial fractures. Uh, she has had facial surgery to repair that. Uh, and she's got swelling and bruising to her upper right cheek. She's not moving around a lot, understandable. Uh, but she is improving daily and... Uh, one leg is immobile, but she can get around with a walker. So please continue to keep them in in your prayers. Um, let me just, I want to take a look at the uh, uh, the Gives and Go and see where it's at. 
Give some go forward slash blessing the Taylor family. All right, right now it's up to $62,105. Now, I mentioned this previously, and I'll say it again, uh, because somebody on Truth Social had uh, had indicated that it was it was sus that the family hadn't set up uh, the the go the go the give send go. Well, it's because they were in the hospital and they were all in serious serious injuries. Um, the person who set this up, uh, I believe, is an employee at their restaurant that they own back in Michigan. Uh, so. Uh, you know, the, the, this gifts and go is for more than just, you know, material cost. I mean, they're, they need two new cars. Uh, they have probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in hospital bills. Thank God they got the insurance. Uh, of course, they're going to have the lost revenue from the restaurant not opening. Uh, and uh, they are going to have to pay unemployment to certain employees who are not going to be able to work as a result of this accident. So, if you can give, please do. Definitely keep them in your prayers. I, I know it, uh, it it's helping. And uh, definitely, definitely. So, oh gosh, Corticon. Remember the, the Corticon crash? Yeah, I definitely remember that. Yeah. Uh, I know Method, Methods and I uh, shared that around when when he was when he was in b- very badly injured. I mean, he should have died from that. Corticon's still around. He's over on um, on Truth Social. You, you can find him, and I believe his name is is at Corticon. Uh, so yeah, go check him out. You know he's still out there doing good work. All right, so uh, let's let's go ahead and get into the heart of today's episode. Ruby Freeman, you guys remember Ruby Freeman, don't you? Ruby Freeman was the star of the Georgia State Farm Arena. She was the woman who pulled those uh, the, those those bins of ballots out from underneath the table. It appeared that they had no chain of custody. It appeared that they were planted there so that they could use those ballots to increase the total count of votes for one Joe Biden. Now, I want you to think about Ruby Freeman and what she did there before I talk about her disclosure and, you know, what she actually did. I mean, we saw it with our own eyes. A lot of people focused on it. Many people were talking about it. I wasn't the only one. Um... Yes, Corticon was definitely a big supporter big supporter of General Flynn. Definitely. Yeah, he was reaching down for a water bottle, honey. So scary, you guys. Uh, you know, if there's ever anything that you need to do alone in your car, it's so much so much safer to just pull over. Just pull over and do it. Anyways, so think about that. Now, do you remember this case that I told you about? This gentleman here on screen is a Democrat. And he was caught tampering with a voting machine in Colorado. He actually had a USB device that he plugged into that voting machine. uh, And he was attempting to, I I guess, hack into the voting machine. He looks like a fairly normal person. He doesn't look like a wild-eyed crazy. He doesn't look like a, a, a suspect homeless man. He's just a dude with a beard. And a fresh haircut. I mean, you know, he's had his haircut within the last month or two, probably. Uh, but he's not dirty. He doesn't have any, you know, pox on his face. He doesn't look like a drug user. His name is Richard Patton. He's a 31 year old guy. He pulled out a USB. He pulled. Wait. He pulled. He pulled a USB port out of a voting machine after threatening election workers. Okay, this is a little more information here. Um, 
But uh, he he tampered with the voting machine. That's the thing. The arrest affidavit showed that he showed up to vote in person on the last day of the primary, June 28th. He made some poll workers nervous after asking what kind of security there was at the voting center because of threats he had made against election workers. An election worker escorted Patton to a voting machine, showed him how to use it, and he was able to use it to fill out a ballot and print out a marked ballot to cast. Now, after he voted, uh, a person who went to clean the voting machine discovered an error message saying that a USB device had been detected. So that does sound like he plugged in some type of USB device into the voting machine. Now, other election workers said the seal, the security seal on the machine was either damaged or had been tampered with. And then the USB port was pulled out. So perhaps there was a hidden USB port inside the uh, the cover of the voting machine, and he knew that, and he tried to open it up and then use that to plug in a device. Here's the thing. I know this much. If he, hey, hey, what's up, Toker Joe? I know that if he had only damaged the electronic voting machine, it would not give a, a, a message that an, a USB device was detected. It only says a USB device is detected if an unknown USB device is plugged into that USB port. So this guy, in my estimation, was more than likely trying to manipulate the election there in Colorado. Well, my problem with this situation, and that's what, I mean, the reason I mentioned, you know, I mean, his, his affect, he seems to be a normal guy. Uh, he has been found to be incompetent. They're saying he's crazy, so he can't stand trial. You know, how how many times ha- has, like, absolutely, like, objectively insane people committed heinous crimes, and they put them in front of the bench, okay? They put those guys on trial. They say, we're going to pump you full of medication so that you are competent to stand trial, and then they make them go through the whole process, In this instance, apparently, maybe because it's Colorado, maybe it's because he was there working for a Democrat or for a Democrat-affiliated organization, Uh, this man, Patton, is now incompetent to stand trial. So what does that mean? Uh, It means that he's not going to have to face up to this Class 5 felony. He he should have been in prison, uh, excuse me, jail for a two-year sentence, could have gotten a fine between $1,000 and $100,000. (laughs) In an interview with the Pueblo chieftain, the same guy claimed he is innocent and that the election worker was the one who tampered with the machine. I raised my hand and I said, ma'am, I'm dyslexic. Can you help me? I can't read well. I really need help. She's like, I can't help you read, but I can help you get this thing because I pointed to the voting machine. And I'm like, ma'am, I pressed the screen as you told me to do. And this red box came up. I don't know what it is. I'm dyslexic. Can you please help me? Patton claimed to the newspaper that the election worker told him she was here to help and then pulled something out of her pocket and then inserts it into the machine and then messes with the sticker. That is such an odd thing to imagine someone doing. Um, <laughs> and I, because I'm a jock. I'm basic. I like to weightlift. I don't know anything about coding, and I don't intend to because, frankly, it's pretty boring. <laughs> I would actually like to interview this guy and see what kind of stuff he would say, but this, this sounds like an act to me. This sounds as if this guy is playing a part. I just I just don't believe it. You know, somebody messes with the voting machine and all of a sudden they're crazy? Oh, okay. We're just not going to pay attention to that. Anyways, let's talk about Ruby Freeman. Ruby Freeman is the meat and potatoes of tonight's episode. Were you aware, 
I mean, I only became aware recently that there was ample, ample video footage from body cameras worn by police, Georgia police, of Ruby Freeman trying to blow the whistle on a massive fraud implicating the the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, the Secretary of State, the Democrats, everybody, basically. Uh, it's incredible. This is it, to think that this case, which had demonstrably <laughs> evident, clear and evident evidence, this case could not make it to court that Georgia just threw it out. They weren't interested in it. Uh, it, it shocks the conscience. Okay. Just makes you think like, what the hell is wrong with this world? So we have this newly uncovered, uh, um, evidence, and this is coming, uh, at a time where obviously the January 6th commission has just shut down. You may be interested to know that the January 6th commission, uh, has sealed a whole host of records and videos from the hearings for 50 years. So for the next 50 years, we don't get to know what the January 6th commission did. And then they disbanded it so that the Republicans can't take control of it come the next session of Congress. Absolutely insane. Insanity. But let me tell you this. I understand one thing. I know that if there's nothing to cover up, then you don't need to try to cover anything up. If this was really about truth and disclosure and honesty, we would absolutely be getting that from the January 6th commission. But I can tell you this, based upon Ruby Freeman's own testimony that was already publicly released, because of course, the the Democrats wanted to squelch any type of rumors that the State Farm Arena had anything other than 100% legal election going on. We see discrepancies between Ruby Freeman's statements to the January 6th committee and her statements to Georgia police when she said she was afraid for her life because she had all of the evidence on a massive fraud. Now, Ruby could have done the right thing. She could have brought this information forward, and she apparently had multiple contacts with conservative operatives who would have had the power to do this. But, but, (laughs) she decided to hold out. It seems like she had maybe, maybe she wanted some money or something like that. I believe Ruby Freeman is a registered Democrat, Anyways, now she's represented by a man named Michael Gottlieb, who is also the lawyer and fixer for none other than Hunter Biden. Also, Aaron Rich, who is, of course, the brother to Seth Rich. This is another very powerful Democrat operative. This is the kind of lawyer they call in when they want to keep everything hush, 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 hush. But in this body cam footage, she says there's a cover up by the Georgia Secretary of State, the DOJ, the FBI, the GBI, and of course, the Fulton County District Attorney, which we know those guys are corrupt as all get out. So let's go through uh, the uh, the pieces here. Actually, let's listen to the audio. President Trump published uh, several pieces of audio from Ruby Freeman's body cam footage today. There's no video. It's only audio. But let's take a listen. All right. So it's a little bit quiet. What I'm going to do is try to make the video as large as possible so that you guys can read these subtitles on the screen. And I'm going to attempt to turn up the audio on the desktop here. Let me make this like uh, five decibels higher. Okay. All right. Let's try this. 
county knows how many really knows is there in all, uh, all of the county. And so the guy asked, and we was like, no, that's what you know, but we could get that in the morning because the mother let me. And he said, well, count this in, it's count all of them. You know, count. So my daughter said, Mama, get on the skin. All right, so before we continue, I just want to make sure everybody is aware of what's happening. Ruby is talking about the night that she was at the State Farm Arena, and her superiors there uh, were worried about the low number of votes for Joe Biden, okay? And so their whole modus operandi was to get as many votes counted in as possible. She's talking about being told to go grab those ballots in those boxes, which are not part of chain of custody, by her daughter. She's also not trained to use the scanner. If you'll remember, there was video of Ruby scanning the same ballots over and over and over again. Uh, Now, if you had been trained on that scanner, if you were a trained election worker, you would know that that's not what you Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com.
A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. You do. The ballots get counted once, and that's all they get counted. You count them more than once, and you're going to have numbers that are off. And that's exactly what happened. Ruby Freeman counted the same ballots over and over and over again. Now, before we continue, it is uh, good to note that Ruby Freeman, working as an election worker, was an employee of a company called Happy Faces. Happy Faces is a temporary agency that had been founded by one of Georgia's finest citizens, Stacey Abrams. Does that surprise anybody? Stacey Abrams owned the company <laughs> that had hired Ruby Freeman to work at the State Farm Arena on Election Day. Uh, so that would mean that the superiors of hers that were telling her to count more ballots and get those numbers up for Joey Joe, those would have been people who. Loud. Uh, that should very, very, very clearly not be something that is allowed. All right. So uh, that, that that's a that's a, an action item for anybody living in Georgia that you should probably write that down and uh, and speak to your county officials and let them know how angry you are about the possibility of conflict of interests. So she was a contractor working in the Fulton County, Georgia elections. She was in the absentee ballot department and her supervisor was her daughter. That was Shay Moss. When she said, my daughter told me to count the ballots, that was her mother. Uh, you were very generous about her scanning impatient. Uh, let me see. Uh, I don't know how I'm generous about it, but uh, mm, she shouldn't have been doing it any way you slice it. Uh, so, okay, let's continue to listen to Ruby Freeman's account here. Opened them up, reopened the ballots. Okay, so now here is a longer video. Uh, this is her talking in a little bit more in depth about the actual Red Freeman. I have a hard time believing her name is Ruby Freeman. I, I mean, as far as I know, her her name is Ruby Freeman. I don't know if that's the name she was born with. Uh, all I know is that's the legal name that has been given. And uh, when this was happening, people tracked down where she lived and they found out a a lot of information about her. So, uh, yeah, either way, let's go ahead and take a listen to this clip. Because the last one I did was going to the church with Trump. I was in, uh, we, it was nothing, not Trump, uh, President Obama. It was nothing like that. 
You know, we come like years later, but 20 years later. So it was nothing like that. Uh, it was small. We were in a little office um, at the government center. So this was major. So the way you did things now, even the standing and the cutting and everything is totally different. And I didn't work in that mass, in that big place. Okay, so right now the police officer that is recording the body camera footage is moving around. It's kind of annoying for a couple of seconds, but essentially Ruby is describing her experience here, having been an election worker during the Obama years and now being an election worker in this uh, election in 2020 and how vastly different it was. And it sounds like she didn't get any training on what she was supposed to do, uh, but that the conspiracy that she is aware of is going to blow people's minds essentially everything i learned from this one right here i'm learning right now i didn't know any of this before i started i didn't start until yes we started in august and for the, the, the runoff that was in august and the reason I was so excited about it, another thing is that when we were down the uh, and there's nothing going on except people going to the we would uh, turn them up and we put them in, um, in uh, about three things. And then one of them we put about three things, you get so big and you do it one group and a whole group. And you put them in this black box. So we was doing that, but then they needed to pull them off and good people. And they pull them. Needed some good people. So uh, uh, R.J. Pye says, you didn't say she put the ballots through the scanner repeatedly on purpose, as I would have. You were generous in not calling her outright cheating. Scanning impairment, not impatient. Uh, Yes, okay, I I understand now. Yeah, you you know, so here's the thing. Up until today, when I actually read the transcript of these videos and, and saw some of these videos, I would have said that Ruby Freeman was out and out cheating and that she did it on purpose. Uh, but the way she characterizes it here is that she was directed to do it the way that she did it uh, and that she was uncomfortable about it. Now, I feel like if Ruby had gone into this thinking I'm going to cheat for Joe Biden or they had like made her part of the plan, I think she would be hesitant to be reaching out to people who were part of President Trump's team who were connected to the GOP. And she did. I, I, that was surprising to me. I do seem to remember at one point after the 2020 election, a story saying that Ruby Freeman might be looking to turn states evidence so that she could tell this information that she did here. And that certainly is the implication that we get when we get a little bit further into these videos. So maybe Ruby Freeman wasn't just an evil cuss from the very beginning looking to cheat. Uh, I think that now somebody has gotten to her and they've told her that you must behave in this way. Uh, you know, be, be the victim, say you did nothing wrong and we'll take care of everything. Now she's controlled by the Democrats. But there was a moment 
There was a brief shining moment where Ruby Freeman could have done the right thing. And uh, and based upon the fact that she almost did, I think that it's possible that she was not out and out cheating. And because I can't say with any certainty one way or the other, I'm not going to. So let's go ahead and keep listening. Okay. She said something there about USBs on, I don't know if she said it yet, but I, I skipped over something and she said, I would love to go live about that. This is the other thing that she's not just talking about the ballots. There is another conspiracy another criminal act that Ruby was privy to. And I think that it was someone inserting a USB device into one of these tabulators and using that as a tool to overinflate the vote count for Joe Biden. That's what I think Ruby Freeman saw. And I think that she was trying to get the word out about that. But if we know anything about the deep state, I'm sure they threatened her life or maybe the life of her daughter. Let me go back just a little bit and let's see this again. No. The USB I ports, really, but really, because it will blow your mind it, the USB. so she is making two distinct cases the ballots that's one thing and she's claiming she didn't do it on purpose okay so that's what she means when she says people are going to believe what they want to believe but in the ballots are history but she knows that the usb ports it's another instance another opportunity for cheating to happen, and she wants to go live, she wants to talk about it, and she also wants a lawyer so that she doesn't incriminate herself, which is smart, okay, but Ruby, you missed a golden opportunity to save America, or at least to save Georgia. Continuing on. You are going to Okay, so that man that was just speaking, that was one of President Trump's people. He's asking her, Ruby, what will I be amazed by? And she says, I can't tell you. I want an attorney. That means that Ruby Freeman was privy to or participated in something far more illegal than just miscounting a couple of ballots. That you could play off as general stupidity and lack of training. But taking a USB device that would allow you to upload extra votes into a tabulator, that is another thing entirely, and it requires a lot more intention. Uh, so, yes, uh, that's what I am extremely excited about. She said everybody needs to know just how I think she said just how dumb they are. Hang on. Let me let me go back a little bit. I want an attorney. Okay, I want to go back. I need an attorney. I can tell you did it. But 
Everybody needs to know just how dumb they are, she said. All right, and that's it because the cop starts leaning over on the camera. All right, there is one more video. Now, I haven't actually listened to this one yet. Ruby Freeware. <laughs> Scott. All right, okay, let's take a listen. She wants to be anonymous. It's all a fraud. So I do, I do have you don't need an attorney unless you've done something illegal. Well, I mean, everybody has the right to remain silent. If you're speaking to the police, have an attorney present. Doesn't matter if you did something or not. But in this instance, I think that it's obvious she she committed some illegal act. She met with the Secretary of State. She met with Brad freaking Raffensperger, Brad rat-faced Raffensperger. He didn't ask her a damn thing about fraud. (laughs) All he did was make contact with her so they'd have it on record and he could say publicly, we've looked into it and there's nothing happened. Everything they're saying, I mean, I talked a lot of smack about Ruby Freeman back in 2020 on YouTube. Uh, I can only imagine. All right. So, you know, what was the main claim? You know, I mean, we said Ruby Freeman was a cheater. You know, she ran those ballots through multiple times. Okay, Ruby, set the record straight. Come forward. You can still talk about this. All right. All it takes is for you to do the right thing. Come forward and talk about this. You, I, I tried reaching out to Ruby Freeman back in 2020 to see if I could, uh, if if I can make contact with her. She did not reply to me. That's the other thing. Instead of talking to her about potential fraudulent activity happening in the State Farm Arena on Election Day, they reached out to Ruby Freeman and they said, probably want to delete your social media. Clean up your social media. So, 
those posts that she was putting out there on Election Day, showing herself working. Uh, I'm sure you guys remember there was a video that uh, that she had posted, which showed her at a different office, not at the State Farm Arena. Uh, and that was going around for a while. But this is just, you know, the order of the day. We got new Twitter files, too, after this. Uh, the FBI is not looking good today, and they <laughs> haven't looked good for a long time. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Oh, Donald Trump put out a new one. Let's listen to this. I wouldn't go too detailed into this at all because this ended up not even being a thing. It's just she approached the door, she didn't feel comfortable, we spoke with both parties, and she agreed to meet with her EOP. You don't have to go into what they talk about. Yeah. Okay, so let me set this one up for you. Uh, these are some officers that responded to Ruby Freeman's home. One of a, a a Trump operative had attempted to go to her house to make a connection with her so that they could get her on record to talk about the things that she saw on Election Day and what really happened. Uh, and uh, apparently they came over. They knocked she didn't answer because she was afraid. She called the police and then she told the police to call these guys and tell them to come back. So these are the cops that were there responding to it and kind of brokering this meeting between Ruby Freeman and the people from the Trump campaign. Yeah, I mean, I, this could be your, yeah, definitely on but you don't don't go too. No, I'm not. Maybe it's a cover up. Oh, I can't. Can you believe that? Even the local PD is like, maybe it's a cover up. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually what it was, guys. Thank you, Georgia's finest. (laughs) Oh, man. You know what's insane is that that conversation they were having there. I talked about this the other day. Think about the CIA working day in and day out on covert ops. They don't want to know what the guy next to them is doing because that way, if they get hauled into uh, a congressional hearing to testify, They don't have any inside baseball on anything that's happening at the CIA other than what they're working on. And even what they're working on, they want to keep it as arm's distance as possible. And nothing gets written down. They don't put anything on paper because then it can be foiled. These guys, this officer, these two officers, they were talking about not writing too much information down because they didn't want a written record. And I think they were probably hoping that these body cam videos were never going to get out either. Oh, insanity. So, you know, just to to recap, Ruby Freeman spoke with the FBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the Georgia Secretary of State, uh, you know, and and what she said to these officers uh, and what she said to these people on the phone absolutely contradict what she said to the January 6th commission. Uh, When she went before the January 6th commission, she said that her life was in danger and that people were sending her death threats because they thought she was a cheater. 
but it looks like there was a, a back and forth for a while to try to get control of Ruby Freeman and the the Democrats. The Democrats are the ones who got control of Ruby Freeman. And it's too bad. Absolutely too bad. Ballot scan one. <laughs> Ballot scan two. Oh, there is a lot of video, you guys. There is so much more out there, and I'm just waiting for it to be released. All right. Enough of the Rudy Ruby Freeman tapes. Um, yesterday, if you watched RPN, then you saw that I covered just a little bit the Idaho murders. And it appears that Brian Colfage, the murderer, actually called into a podcast, not unlike my own, uh, and said some strange things. Now, if it weren't for the fact that people who knew Brian Colfage and had heard this recording and said that they believe it's him, you know, I would say this is suspect. Maybe this is just this guy T-Rev trying to get some listeners to his podcast. But let's go ahead and take a listen to the audio. Well, it looks like I'm going to have to go to Twitter to do it. Dave. Hey, what's up, Dave? You're live. Hey, what's up, man? Is this T-Rev? Yes, sir. What's going on? Not much, man. I just, I found you today. I I watched your live earlier this afternoon and been watching uh, this one. And I, uh, the thing that, that strikes me kind of weird about all this is that I live in a college town and I've worked with uh, probably at least 10 Sigma Chi members. Okay, let me set this up here for you. <clears throat> Sigma Chi is a fraternity. And uh, I'm not a frat guy. I wasn't in a, a, the Greek system. But I know that Sigma Chi is a fraternity. And and this call has been made unprovoked to this podcaster. And this guy seems to be putting forth a theory about who the possible murder could be, murderer or murderers could be. And he name drops the Sigma Chi fraternity. He's trying to plant some seeds. And, you know, the one thing that every single one of them, I, I, I feel like has asked me is, if you were going to kill somebody, how would you get away with it? What and an odd thing to say. I just wonder if maybe, if maybe this is, Nothing more than some kid in a fraternity trying to prove himself. And that was it. So you said some, you worked with five or six Sigma Chi kids and they asked you how, if you can kill somebody, they can get away with it? Yeah. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Oh and my God. I know that's a thing that just like maybe people say, trying to like have interesting conversation, but like just in my head, it's like, this is, it's always been these, these dudes that were in, in the fraternity. Hmm. And, and so it makes me wonder if it's a thing that that's in their, in their like culture that they ask to see how smart you are and whatever, and what kind of answer you come up with. And someone took it too far. Look at the look at the chats on screen. People are like this caller, like oh, sus. What? Yeah, what a weird thing for somebody to say. 
Um, personally, I never, never even thought about asking somebody how they would kill someone and get away with it. That seems like the type of thing a murderer would think. <laughs> but but if every if I was if I was a part of any group and every other member of that group asked me how I should kill someone to get away, I would automatically get away from that group. I would walk away, walk away. Oh, uh, who, uh, what what kind of dudes would ask you that? That's, that's crazy as shit, man. That's a that's an outrageous statement, man. I, I mean, I'd write their names down. Yeah, man. <laughs> Obviously, very very <clears throat> strange. Okay, <clears throat> so the full podcast is right here. Uh, there were some people. Is this the same guy, same voice, who posted this? And his screen reflection looks like Brian. So this looks like a TikTok video. I've never seen that before. Folks are saying this was Brian Kohlberger, the man arrested in connection to the Idaho murders in this video. Check out the reflection of the screen halfway through. What do you think? <clears throat> Anyways, if we go back to the article, Matt Couch put together uh, some other replies. Uh, somebody said, I heard someone that knows him very well. It sounds exactly like him. Good job for keeping it real. Uh, let me see. Uh, this person mentions that his demeanor kind of changed once he was pushed back on. Uh, a former friend believes it's his voice. Brian claiming that some frat members asked him how to get away with murder lines up with his research questions. Now, if you remember, I also mentioned this research project that Brian Colfage posted on uh, Reddit. Hello, my name is Brian, and I am inviting you to participate in a research project that seeks to understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision-making when committing a crime. In particular, this study seeks to understand the story behind your most recent criminal offense, with an emphasis on your thoughts and feelings throughout your experience. In the event that your most recent offense was not one that led to a conviction, you may still participate. Additional surveys are included after the open-ended section as to best understand your unique traits. The study should take about 15 to 20 minutes to fully complete. <clears throat> your identity and all questions and answers provided are completely confidential, and the link to the survey is also an anonymous link. This research has been approved by the DeSales University IRB, Independent Review Board. Uh, participants have to be 18. If you opt, uh, if you opt in to participate, you may terminate participation at any time. And then Brian Kohlberger, uh, gives his email address and then there is a link as well. <clears throat> so here's some questions. After committing the crime, what were you thinking and feeling? How did you leave the scene? Before leaving, is there anything else you did? How did you accomplish your goal? Please explain what you were thinking and feeling. What was the first move you made in order to accomplish your goal? Please detail any thoughts. Before making your move, how did you approach the victim or target? Please detail what you were thinking and feeling. How did you choose that victim or target over others? Also, after arriving, what steps did you take prior to locating the victim or target, i.e. person or object? Please detail your thoughts and feelings. I don't know about... Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, Koberger. Uh, there's somebody else with the last name Colfage that, uh, uh, yes, thank you very much. It's, it's Brian Koberger. Um, so to me, guys, all of these questions, they appear to be questions that you would be looking for guidance on how to prepare for a serious crime, how you would clean up after a serious crime, how, how you would choose your victims. Uh, this is, 
Very, very disturbing stuff. Now, knowing that he was a criminal justice major, it, it's, you know, kind of in line with what he would have to do in terms of his research. Um but uh, but but it's all the more disturbing because he actually appears to have committed crimes. Uh, Idly the Hun says, oh, my God, my daughter was in college and the class has been asked, if you kill yourself, how would you do it? Yeah, that is a strange, strange question. I have to agree with you there. Uh, this woman knew Brian Koberger and was friends with him in middle school and high school. Ah, interesting. So I'll have to pull that one up later. But <clears throat> yeah. Oh, 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 here is. Let's let's go ahead and watch that video. Video currently unavailable. She took it down. Dang it. Dang it. Maybe somebody took some. Nope. Nobody saved it. Nope. Nobody saved it. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Anyways, uh, Brian was taken into uh, jail today and the reporters were screaming questions at him. Disturbing stuff. You know, I said the other day, he's innocent until proven guilty. He's got to go through the court system. We'll see what happens. Maybe you should read OJ's book. (laughs) That would have been perfect. Just write a book report on how I got away with it (laughs) by OJ Simpson. Stunning, stunning stuff. All right. So we had two Twitter file drops today. First is the Twitter files, Twitter, and the FBI belly button. Uh, And then we have this one, the Twitter files, how Twitter let the intelligence community in. Uh, Elon Musk posted this commenting on one of these. Uh, He said the U.S. government agency demanded suspension of 250,000 accounts, including journalists and Canadian officials. I would be very interested to see exactly who was on that list. I'm hoping that in the future we will receive a detailed breakdown of all of the data that is in these files. Because if we find our specific handles in there, like some people have, we have a direct case against the United States government uh, for the suppression of our free speech. I truly believe that the Twitter files are going to lead to a class action lawsuit against the federal government uh, because that's there's just so many people who have had their rights squashed. So let's go through this. Uh, In 2020, Twitter was struggling with the problem of public and private agencies bypassing them and going straight to the media with lists of suspect accounts. That one definitely happened to me. I was definitely put on a list that was given to the media. And then in February 2020, we had the COVID breakout. There was a a group called the Global Engagement Center. They were a fledgling analytic intelligence arm of the State Department, which is a federal agency. They went to the media with a report they called Russian disinformation apparatus taking advantage of coronavirus concerns. Uh, Now, of course, I was talking about the uh, questions we had about coronavirus at this time, so I could have been on this report. I would love to see it. Uh, what they did was flagged accounts as Russian personas and proxies. Obviously, calling somebody a Russian is an excuse to get them deleted or banned. Want to know what the criteria was? Well, accounts that described the coronavirus as an engineered bioweapon, um, gain of function, anyone? Uh, also, accounts that blamed research conducted at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and attributing the appearance of the virus to the CIA. Wow. I mean, we hit all the bases. 
Uh, This is exactly what happened. The Wuhan Institute of Virology oversaw the gain-of-function research that was paid for by the NIH and was probably ultimately run by the Central Intelligence Agency. So here we go. Uh, We have uh, also people who blamed Bill Gates for running Event 201. Isn't that interesting? They were really worried about that stuff. Uh, Continuing on. Uh, the State Department also flagged accounts that retweeted news that Twitter had banned from sites like Zero Hedge, claiming the episode led to another flurry of disinformation narratives. <clears throat> Zero Hedge at that time had done reports speculating that the lab had that the lab origin was real. <clears throat> uh, and I remember when they got taken down. Uh, the GEC still led directly to news stories like the AFP's headline. Russia-linked disinformation and campaign led to coronavirus alarm, U.S. says, and another one from Politico called Russian-Chinese-Iranian disinformation narratives echo one another. All of the big enemies. You haven't made a Russia attribution in some time. This was something that was said to people at Twitter, uh, and it was it was a comment that was coming from this GEC. <clears throat> Essentially, they were blaming Twitter for having not found more Russian accounts or not having uh, identified accounts as Russian to then pass them on over to the GEC. We are happy to work directly with you on us instead of NBC. So here is the, the government telling Twitter that they want to send Twitter the names of people they want deleted. Otherwise, they're going to go to NBC NBC is going to popularize it, create a uh, a rage out in the general public, and the leftoids on Twitter are going to rise up and say mass cancellation of this account or that account. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, Twitter also was trying to reduce the number of agencies that had direct access to Yoel Roth, because at this point, everybody wanted a piece of Roth. They knew that Yoel had the power. If these folks are like House Homeland Committee and DHS, once we give them a direct contact with Yoel, they will want to come back to him again and again. What does that mean? That means that once they got a direct line to Yoel Roth, they just came to him with more and more and more accounts, more and more and more demands, telling him and Twitter directly that they wanted certain content to be deleted. Once again, a violation of the First Amendment of the Constitution. Now, when the State Department and this organization, the GEC that was working under them, remember this was 2020 during the Trump administration, wanted to publicize a list of 5,500 accounts it claimed would amplify Chinese propaganda and disinformation about COVID, Twitter analysts were beside themselves. The GEC report appeared based on DHS data circulated earlier that week and included accounts that followed two or more Chinese diplomatic accounts. They repeatedly ended up with a list nearly 250,000 names long. That included officials from Canada as well as an official CNN account. I am assuming that the policy comms folks on their side haven't reviewed this line, this list line by line. So, Curious how they'd react if their analytics colleagues had concluded the Canadian military and CNN. Isn't that funny? Uh, how imperfect the, uh, the, the artificial intelligence algorithm is. 
Roth saw that the GEC's move was an attempt by the GEC to use intel from other agencies so that they could insert themselves into the content moderation club, which already included Twitter. Also, of course, Facebook. And then, of course, the DHS, the FBI, ODNI, and uh, many others. The GEC was on the outside, and they wanted front row access. They wanted to be at dinner buying drinks for Twitter every single night. So their plan was, we're going to go public with this stuff. Now, they agreed we will loop Twitter in before we go public on it, but we're using that as a technique in order to get Twitter to do what we want. So this organization, the GEC, would take a list of people that they wanted deleted. Uh, they would plan to go to the media, and if Twitter didn't act fast enough by and, uh, when they went to them first, they would then circumvent them, go out there, and get these people published. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I wonder if this is what happened to myself and many other people I know, uh, the Delta between when they share material and when they go to the press continues to be problematic, meaning that they're not giving Twitter enough time to actually sort out the mess and the noise. Uh, the episode led to a rare public disagreement between Twitter and state department officials. Twitter disputes state department claims China coordinated coronavirus disinformation accounts, and the State Department, China working with Russia to spread coronavirus disinformation. Who knows? I, I think China spread plenty of disinformation. Uh, it also makes sense to push back on GEC participation in this forum. Uh, that is in a conversation when the FBI informed Twitter that the GEC wanted to be included in the regular industry call. That was that weekly meeting that they were doing uh, with uh, Twitter uh, Facebook, FBI, DHS, uh, and then the leaders at Twitter. Uh, Facebook, Google, and Twitter executives were united in opposition to GEC's inclusion uh, with ostensible reasons, including the GEC's mandate for offensive I.O. to promote American interests. Uh, now, a deeper reason was a perception that unlike the DHS and the FBI, which were apolitical, as Roth put it, the GEC was political, which in Twitterese appeared to be partisan code. I think they thought the FBI was less Trumpy, is how one former DOD official put it. So it sounds like Yul Roth and his people at the uh, at the Twitter Leadership Council, thought that the GEC was acting on behalf of the Trump administration. Uh, and that is something that I, it sounds like I can go ahead and get behind. They were going after Chinese disinformation. Uh, they were, but I don't like the stuff they did at the very beginning, uh, claiming that accounts were Russian if they talked about the lab leak hypothesis. Uh, after spending years rolling over for Democratic Party interests uh, for action on Russia-linked accounts, Twitter was suddenly playing tough. Why? Because as Yol Roth put it, it would pose major risks to bring the GEC in, especially as the election heats up. When senior lawyer Stacia Cardiel tried to argue against the GEC's inclusion to the FBI, the words resonated with Elvis, not Laura, i.e. with Elvis Chan, not Foreign Influence Task Force Unit Chief Laura Demlo. So Laura said yes, she wanted the GEC. Elvis Chan said no. Eventually, the FBI argued first to Facebook for a compromise solution. Other USG agencies could participate in the industry calls, but the FBI and DHS would act as sole conduits. So the FBI and DHS would continue to be the sole point of contact between Twitter and the federal government. Meanwhile, all these other federal agencies get to listen in on the call, They, but they have to stay on, on mute the whole time. 
Uh, now, as a result, Yoel Roth reached out to Elvis Chan. He said he had concerns about letting the press happy GEC in, hoping that they could keep the circle of trust small, meaning I don't want a lot of people talking about this because the more people talk, the more likely it is that they're going to find out that I sold out my country. State. NSA and CIA, these are agencies that are on a list of people that were communicated from Elvis Chan to Yoel Roth. Chan reassured Roth that it would be a one-way channel and that it was state and GEC, NSA and CIA, all expressing interest in being allowed on in listen-only mode. Why would the CIA need to be involved in calls on Twitter? I thought this was domestic. CIA is not allowed to act domestically. Belly button. What does belly button mean? Well, we can give you everything we're seeing from the FBI and the USIC agencies, U.S. intelligence community agencies, Chan explained. But the DHS agency, CISA, will know what's going on in each state. He wanted, he went on to ask if the industry could rely on the FBI to be the belly button of the U.S. government. Okay. Uh, now, they eventually settled on an industry call via Signal. Signal's interesting because the servers aren't inside the U.S. Uh, borders, so they can't be FOIA'd. The, uh, the calls are supposed to be encrypted, and people are not going to be able to listen to them in the same way that they can if you're, I don't know, talking on Telegram or you're talking on WhatsApp or something like that. So this was uh, a, a, obviously an attempt by the FBI and Twitter to... Uh, maintain security over their communications. Uh, Elvis Chan went about circulating private phone numbers of each company's chief moderation officer in a Word document that was marked signal phone numbers, subject-lined list of numbers. Uh, So these are people working at all the social media companies that have signal accounts, so you can talk to them quietly there and not worry about that information getting FOIA'd in the future. Twitter was taking requests from every conceivable government body, beginning with the Senate Intel Committee, which seemed to need reassurance that Twitter was taking FBI direction. Executives rushed to tell the team SSCI they zapped five accounts on an FBI tip. Listen to that. We are being good little drones and we're doing exactly what the FBI asked. Requests arrived and they were escalated from all over, from Treasury, the NSA, virtually every state, the HHS, from the FBI and the DHS. At this point, guys, the only question I have is who wasn't directing Twitter on accounts to delete or suppress? It appears that there is no U.S. government agency that is blameless in this entire First Amendment squelching fiasco. Every single government agency that possibly could send a request to Twitter was doing so. They also received an astonishing variety of requests from officials asking for individuals they don't like to be banned. Now, this gets even more sticky because it's not just an agency. It's not like a consensus that's being reached. It is an individual working in government who has an account that they don't like what they say. And the example they give is Adam Schiff who was, of course, House Intel chief at this time, he asked Twitter to ban journalist Paul Sperry. Now, Paul Sperry was definitely banned. Uh, I don't know if he's gotten his account back yet. He was a good journalist, and I, I still follow his work. But Adam Schiff asked for Paul Sperry to be banned. Take a look at this. Hi, Redacted. I met with Redacted from PP. And he flagged the attached analysis from the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. 
Adam Schiff's office for your review and feedback related to alleged harassment from QAnon conspiracists against staffer, no name, redacted, would like to get your thoughts on our ability, if any, to support any, if, if any, to support any of this request. Of note, redacted from SP has reviewed the request and consulted with redacted from SI. Below is her initial feedback. Remove any and all content about Mr. Misko and other committee staff from its service. <clears throat> What's funny is that they redact the name up here, but then they say Mr. Misko down here. So I think that Mr. Misko might be the person uh, that they redacted up there because they don't they, they're talking about one person who was who was um, harassed. Now, do 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 Mr. Let me see. Mr. Misko. Let's look Adam Schiff. Let's see if we can identify this guy. Sean Misko. Adam Schiff hires Sean Misko. (laughs) Another one of the shady Adam Schiff hires to the pile. Turns out Sean Misko clown isn't just BFFs with the alleged whistleblower. Oh, was he close with uh, uh, with one of the uh, uh, the 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 Ukrainian twins? Let's go ahead and look for Sean Misko. Maybe that's why. Sean Misko, Center for a New American Security. There he is. Oh, God, I remember this guy. He's got a walleye. That's that's why I remembered him. One of his eyes looks in the opposite direction. It's probably glass. <clears throat> oh, look at this. The Clinton Foundation timeline. Maybe that's where I remember him. <clears throat> the hearsay whistleblower is overheard discussing with Ally how to remove Trump. Adam Schiff recruits two former National Security Council aides who worked with the hearsay whistleblower. Yes. Uh, Senator Rand Paul discusses the importance of impeachment origination. Justice Roberts thwarts questions about hearsay. Rand Paul discusses hearsay whistleblower floor. Look at this. The Clinton Foundation timeline has a uh, X-22 episode right here with Cash Patel. Uh, But, yeah, here we go. Sean Misko was friends with Eric Charamella. They hired Sean Misko so they could get him in on the con. All right. So that is definitely Mr. Misko. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, another committee staff from its service <clears throat> to include quotes, retweets, reactions to that content. So if you liked the content, they wanted you deleted. No, this isn't feasible. We don't do this. Suspend the many accounts, including Greg Rubini, who just got put back on uh, Twitter today, and Paul Sperry, uh, which have repeatedly promoted false QAnon conspiracies and harassed probably Mr. Misko. We'll review these accounts again, but I believe that Redacted mentioned only one actually qualified for suspension. Suppress any and all search results about someone and other committee staff. No, we don't do this. If it is related to QAnon, it should already be (laughs) de-amplified because they already had algorithms in place. Stop the spread of future misinformation on Twitter about probably Mr. Misko and other committee staff who are not public figures and who were not central actors in the impeachment inquiry or the 2020 presidential election. No, we don't have a general misinformation policy. Label and reduce the visibility of any content about Mr. Misko that Twitter does not remove for the reasons cited above. No, we don't do this. Interesting that they are pushing back uh, on this, but uh, you know, Greg Rubini and Paul Sperry getting deleted because Adam Schiff sent this message in. <clears throat> Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, even Twitter declined to honor Adam Schiff's request at the time. Sperry was later suspended. However, obviously, as I said, Greg Rubini was also suspended. 
Twitter honored almost everyone else's requests, even those from the GEC, including a decision to ban accounts like Rebel Protesters and Bricks Media, both of which are still suspended because GEC identified them as GRU-controlled and linked them to the Russian government retrospectively. The GEC requests were what a former CIA staffer working at Twitter was referring to when he said, our window on that is closing, meaning the days when Twitter could say no to serious requests were over, meaning (laughs) per the CIA agent working at Twitter, you have to do what the government is telling you to do. Sounds to me like they had a directive and they fully understood it. Uh, In internal guidance in 2017, in which Twitter decided to remove any user identified by the U.S. intelligence community as a state-sponsored entity uh, that was committing cyber operations. By 2020, such identifications came in bulk. All right. Uh, The U.S. intelligence community requests often simply began, we assess, and then provided lists, sometimes in separate Excel docs. Uh, they believed were connected to Russia's Internet Research Agency committing cyber ops. Let's take a look if we have any accounts that are identified. Yes, we do. Let's see. Oh, they got hashtags in there, too. Petro President de Colombia. Wow, they are suppressing hashtags about the presidential election in Colombia. That's interesting. Uh, top 10 influencers identified in this data set as being part of Russian uh, official stuff. Yeah, none of these. These are just, you know, bot um, bot accounts, basically. Benin Troll Farm, Mali Troll Farm. This is an unclassified document that was uh, regarding Russia's influence operations sent over to Twitter. Uh, in that pre- brief report that was sent right after Russia's invasion of Ukraine early last year, they flagged major Russian outlets like Vedomatsi and Gazeta.ru. Note the language about state actors. It fits Twitter's internal guidelines. Probably the government was aware of what Twitter's guidelines were, and they were operating within that to try to characterize uh, the people that they wanted to be deleted. Uh, some reports were just a paragraph long and said things like the email, uh, the the attached email accounts were possibly used for influence operations, social media collection, or social engineering, but they didn't give any further uh, uh, elaboration on that. Uh, they were even warned about publicly supporting a book by former Ukraine prosecutor Victor Shokin, who alleged corruption by the U.S. government, specifically by Joe Biden. Obviously, that was true. Uh, Ildi Dehan says, love Red Pill fam. Thank you for all you do. You all rock on Badlands Media too much. Happy New Year. <clears throat> oh, you guys, I need to finish up with this because at 1030, I'm doing a show on Badlands uh, on the Mandela effect with um, Absolute 1776, uh, Johnny Q. I think Patriots in Progress is going to be there. Uh, so make sure that you go to Badlands Media after this to check that out. Uh, Let me see. The weeks before the 2020 election, Twitter was so confused by all of the different information that was coming in. They had to ask the FBI what they were supposed to be doing. I apologize in advance for your workload. That's coming from the FBI, it looks like. Uh, Requests poured in from FBI offices all over the country day after day. Hour after hour, if Twitter didn't act quickly, the questions came, was action taken, any movement? Vector117, thank you so much. He says, thanks, Zach, for all your hard work. Thank you for the three awesome coffee mugs. I got the third one yesterday, and I used it on Occam's Razor earlier. If you check out the show, you should see me drinking from it. Uh, Do you guys have a list of those 132 accounts action was taken against on 929-2020? 
Uh, when was I deleted? I was deleted. Hang on. I will tell you the exact date that I was deleted from Twitter. And uh, hopefully there's going to be information about it that comes up. <clears throat> okay. October 23rd. October 23rd, 2020 was the date that I was deleted. <clears throat> so we are one month out it's from this document. Oh, and then when it comes down to it, remember the, the $3.5 million that Twitter was was uh, paid uh, to be a subcontractor for the FBI doing all of that work? Uh, well, Matt Weiss ends the, the thread by saying Twitter didn't get paid enough because they had so much to do. All right, so let me see how long this one is. And if it's not too long, and yeah, it actually is pretty long. So I'm going to have to hold off on doing this Twitter file. Uh, I will do this Twitter file tomorrow. Uh, so if you want to check in, I'll record that and put it out. <clears throat> Let me go ahead and see what's going on over here on the foxhole. Uh, yeah, thank you again, Vector. I really appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Stacks, what's up, dude? He dropped 700 gold pills. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Porpoiseful, thank you for the cookie. Callie RN says, will you look into interviewing Desiree Foley? Do me a favor, go to my website, redpill78news.com. There is a contact form for guest suggestions. And if you can send it there, so then I'll have it. Uh, And yes, I I will absolutely look into it. Sometimes you guys uh, have sent me people to interview and uh, and I, I just I've never been able to get in touch with them. Sometimes I decide it's probably best I don't interview them. And that's rare, but sometimes it happens. Um, and then uh, and, and and other times uh, it just you know, it just takes a long time for me to get it going. Um, Dave Jose is an example of somebody that I'm still trying to get interviewed in January. Uh, Country Girl 007. Thank you for that cookie. Sean Joe. Thank you for another cookie. Uh, I Seek Truth says, keep it going, Red Pill. Sean Joe dropped two more cookies. I I really appreciate it. Let me see. Slug Trail says, the alien race called the Anshar are supposed to be us from the future. Hold on. Let me push pause on this. Supposed to be us from the future, and their entire race started experiencing the Mandela effect. Interesting. Yeah, you know, allegedly, exactly. You know, this is one of the things about the Mandela effect. Um, You know, there are definitely things that... I remember being different. You know, is that the Mandela effect? I don't know. I really don't know. How are we supposed to know? It's fun to talk about, though. And uh, we're going to be going over some evidence of the Mandela effect tonight. So I highly suggest you guys join us 1030 p.m. on base, not on baseless conspiracies on Badlands Media. I'll be over there. Uh, If you don't like, uh, um, you know, if you can't stay up that late, then, of course, you can watch the replay tomorrow. If you're not subscribed to the Badlands Media Rumble channel, make sure you are, because soon we're not going to be streaming on Patel's channel. We're going to be streaming exclusively on Badlands Media. Also, you can download the audio podcast of this program and all of the other audio shows and video shows that I do every single day on my website, redpill78news.com. I would also recommend that you check out riseattireusa.com. They have excellent Red Pill 78 merch and merch from a number of other uh, wonderful creators that you can find on the Foxhole and Rumble and on Truth Social. Um, Let me see. Just want to make sure there wasn't anything that I'm missing over on over on Cash App. Uh, Nope, nothing over there on Cash App. And then also nothing over here on Buy Me a Coffee. Okay, great. Uh, all right, guys, so that is it. I will be back later tonight on Badlands Media, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Check it out, Mandela Effect. 
Are we living in it? I don't know. You tell me. I'd love to hear your experiences. Until next time, good luck and God bless. I'll see you tonight.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.